Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Warp Factor Fiction. This is episode 20. We are at, that's right, Star Trek, the original series, season two. This might be one of my favorite seasons of the series in a whole. I really enjoyed this season. I had such a great time watching it. Uh, and I, of course, am your host, Mick Manhattan, uh, joined, as always, by my cohort, my my pilots my helmsman if you will on this uh journey lieutenant junior grade tommy manhattan how you doing buddy i'm doing good i'm excited to be back for another episode i am super excited to be back again uh talking about this and uh we're talking about tos this is season two we really like season one um but i think i really season two was i think my favorite so far What'd you think overall? It's close. It might be my favorite, but I'm not sure. There were some really good seasons. Yeah, this this one, this no, well, not overall in the entirety, but it's a good season. And like it overall is. in 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 the original series, I think season two takes it for me. Like I, I really yeah. had a great time with this one. But Definitely. there's special special times. They really pulled everything together, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. what were some of your uh you know maybe not some of your favorite parts of it but like um you know i i think Chekhov is a highlight for me in this Chekhov uh, is really good yeah he's adding that young element to this i think really helped uh a lot of things to this so is there anything about this season that uh stood out to you that you really enjoyed spock was really good this season okay. um i like the way that they did some of the off missions i think they sprinkled those in really well i like that yeah i do like that I, I really like those away missions and how they've been playing them up so that was cool for me too um well if you're ready we can get started we'll go by each episode and kind of yeah. get down mm-hmm. all right um season two episode one uh one of the most famous episodes amok time uh in the throes of his pond far mating period Spock must return to Vulcan uh, to meet his intended future wife, betrothed from childhood. Uh, this was, I mean, you were introduced to this a little bit early um, because Priya was introduced in Strange New Worlds, uh, you know, and sort of in Discovery a little bit. Well, because Spock was introduced in Discovery a bit. Mm-hmm um and that whole idea the concept but this is really the introduction of the idea of spock having any type of emotion what that looks like in vulcan things like that we get a little bit more of a look into into vulcan itself the vulcan people and uh and and like sort of mating you know like how does marriage and stuff like that look so for you since you've had that sort of inner look kind of going chronologically in Star Trek, what is this episode for you? It was good. I liked the way that they did it, but it was not a great episode. I don't think it was an amazing episode. I liked it. It was a good one, but it in just an episode, it was not the best episode. I don't think it was even a top five this season, episode-wise. Wow. But it, might, but it might be a top five because of the lore that it helps because of the amount of lore this is a famous expanded. episode this is this is up there with like the arena episode from season one um sort of in memory yeah um, but i just i just didn't love it as an episode that much i think it was the idea of kirk and spock fighting you know that whole element of that and and, and sort of where that came from but yeah i mean that's that's it's interesting for you to say that uh i do like the episode I do like an inner look, but you're right. I think watching it chronologically and having those two different scopes because 
um, I had an inner looking at uh, what Vulcan was more so too because of Next Generation before this. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely see you know, and also the movies before this. So it's uh, you know, it, it, I think it does sting, but I think back in the day, I could see why people who were you know appreciated the show when it first came out why this episode meant something but yeah i I definitely agree i don't think it holds up as well um all right so episode two oh wait wait, before we do who is your shining character and what's the takeaway you have in this spock and don't trust your lover don't trust your that's your takeaway why is that your takeaway (laughs) because spock couldn't very well trust his lover in this one she basically cheated on him. Oh my god, that's such an that's that's uh that's such a cynical that is uh that is a really oddly cynical thing for an eleven year old to say. <laughs> I, I I don't wanna I don't wanna I I guess I'll okay. Um I'm just gonna yeah. Spock is definitely my shining character in this, if nothing else for Leonard Nimoy's acting. Yeah. I'll accept your answer. I, I don't, that's so uncomfortably like, wow, don't trust you. <laughs> there seems to me, the, I feel like you need to have so much more to that. Like, that's not, no, I, see, as a father figure, I can't leave it at that. You can't, you don't can't, trust, you, no, no, don't no, no, trust no, your, no, you can't, I'm going to give you the advice on this one. I, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to do it. Because you can trust the person you love, okay? It should. Love should always be based on trust. Now, this was a situation where we do have the full context of the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in this period, yes, like mm-hmm. it kind of, they, they wrote it in a way where she looks more villainized. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think that, that, I don't think a cynical look at a relationship like that is the way to go here. I think you should always trust how about trust trust yourself trust your instincts trust yourself trust your your emotions to make the right choices in the right moment and uh if your relationship doesn't work out you know if if for some reason that trust is broken in a relationship trust yourself to make the right choices to move forward how about mm-hmm. that okay. let's uh let's try and make this a, a more positive spin <laughs> then, then don't trust your lover because i don't want you to walk away uh you're getting into a more formative uh place but uh, all right let's move on to season two episode two <laughs> and i'm so afraid to see i i love it i love that you are thinking outside the box on these by the way continue but i'm just trying to offer maybe a, a different sort of uh way of thinking okay? okay season two episode two who mourns adonis uh a powerful being claiming to be the greek god apollo appears and demands that the crew of the Enterprise disembark onto his planet to worship him. The green hand holding the Enterprise in place. The big phantom green hand. This is, uh, again, I think you get a lot of famous um, images mm-hmm. that we, we, we see. Like, you know, the, <clears throat> like the famous fight scene is, uh, is you know, in, in Amok Time between Kirk and Spock is, is really well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, the green hand holding the Enterprise from the planet is, is like a really well-known image because uh, it's ridiculous. But would I, I enjoyed the episode, though. Like, it's... I kind of like these battle of wits sort of episodes in the second season. Uh, what, what do you think about this one? I like the episode. I can't say I loved the villain. Honestly, it's just kind of like, oh, we're going to fight this Greek god. But, and then 
if there's god beings that are the Greek gods and they meddle, which Apollo did, why didn't we ever see them again in any other show? Or is it just Apollo that exists and none of the other Greek gods on the Pantheon? So we never figure out if they're actually Greek gods, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, he thinks himself a Greek god or he plays to being a Greek god. Mm -hmm. We could, I mean, there's a lot that's been retconned and I've thought about this one with this episode he Mm -hmm. could be part of the q continuum you know and the q continuum essentially are gods and they do whatever they want and if he was like sort of a banished q continuum like you have to stay on this planet he might mess around and be like all right i'm gonna make myself a greek god you know any sort of thing um i don't know it kind of be fun to kind of explain it in that way i kind of played to that but i did like the episode i really enjoyed Kirk is my shining character in this episode. I thought he did a really good job, like kind of battling yeah. that stuff. Kirk would have to be it for you me know. as well. Um, but you like, you know, reading up on Greek gods and and then mythology and stuff like that. So did this like resonate with you? Other than that, not really. I mean, I can't say it really did. Just wasn't that interesting of an episode. It wasn't an amazing episode to me. It was a good one, but it wasn't. I don't think it was crazy good. Any, like uh, did you? Uh, what was your any takeaways from the episode? Um, not really. No. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, season two, episode three, the changeling, a powerful, artificially intelligent uh, Earth probe with a murderously twisted imperative, comes aboard the Enterprise and mistakes Captain Kirk for its creator. Um, this was an interesting one. <clears throat> so, yeah, they just find this, like, <laughs> like probe, this artificial intelligence probe, right? Uh, and it comes on the ship, and then it just starts murdering people, <laughs> like, taking its information. Uh, but what was it? So it was... Kirk's name, it was sort of similar to Kirk's name. Um, I can't remember the I can't remember the guy's name that it was, but like um because his name is uh, James T. Kirk, but I think his name was like James something Kirk. Jackson Roy Kirk. Jackson Roy Kirk. And uh he said Captain Kirk. And then when he heard Kirk or something like that, like he he automatically thought he was his like his creator. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I didn't love this episode. Uh I don't like the title because it the because I'm so used to Star Trek and changelings being the changelings, not not yeah. a robot. Yeah, I mean, this is an original, so it didn't really take it take anything away from me with that. But I, honestly, it, for me, it was more along the lines of like I just didn't like the dynamic of it. I, I was like, hey, all right, this. I was like, you just had two really good episodes, and then now you're throwing this. And I understand like the contained episodes; you need to have them. I call them the budget episodes, and that's what this felt like. But honestly, it kind of felt like an ego episode for Shatner. Like, this thing that just, like, looks up to him as sort of a father figure. I I don't know. Like, it just... Some of these do feel a little bit like ego episodes at some times. Like, like specifically written for certain characters, certain actors within the, uh, you know, within the cast. You know, like, I feel like when Leonard Nimoy had certain episodes written for him, they were more environmentally uh, in tune. So, like, because he was more in tune with the hippie culture and stuff like that environmental and and he was more of an activist and shatner seemed more into his ego so like a lot of them were more like about him (laughs) you know i feel like i feel like the best episodes that are tuned to one cast member is sulu because sulu's episodes seem like star trek episodes 
Oh, maybe. Point one out to me as we go. I, I haven't really thought about it that way, but uh, I will say the next like three episodes we get, we get really solid episodes. So I didn't mind that this one like came because like it was like good episode, good episode, then this, and then like boom, 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 and then like you are in it. So uh, who's your shining character in the changeling? Mine was Spock. Yes, also Spock. Nice. Did you have any takeaways from it? Um, people can uh, be mistaken for others. And if somebody says they know you, they might not. So, okay. All right. Now, one of my favorite episodes, uh, season two, episode four, Mirror, Mirror. A transporter accident places Captain Kirk's landing party in an alternate universe where the Enterprise is in service of a barbarically brutal empire, the Terran Empire. Uh, yeah, this is, of course, the introduction of the Mirror Universe where uh, everyone is bad. We have um, <laughs> we have Spock with his goatee. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's a lot of great elements to this episode. I love it. Um, my One of my favorite parts of it is that Spock finds out within seconds that captain kirk from the other universe is evil but for a while like captain kirk is just rolling around <laughs> the terran empire <laughs> playing it off and nobody realizes it um i i i love this episode. this is a top five episode for me but what did you think of it it was really fun i liked the episode i think it was um amazing spock was perfect in this i don't think leonard nimoy could have done any better I didn't love Kirk in it. Yeah, I love them both. I, I, to me, my shining star is is Nimoy. I thought he did such a great job. Yeah, it's Spock. Nobody is was good enough to be the shining character other than Spock. He was so he was so excellent in this, and and so I mean, so was so was Shatner. Shatner to me, Shatner's overacting um, that they they often talk about or throw it like you you see that come in in season three and maybe the movies and other other things mm-hmm. he puts out some really good performances in the first and second season of this like really well done performances and i and i enjoyed it and this one in particular i really enjoyed i i thought this was a really well done episode and i was actually because the mirror universe became such a big part of star trek lore going forward i really wish they uh they had done it again on on this uh on, on the original series so. so far of the mirror universes i've seen this isn't my favorite one no no because they learned from it though this was your first one it's never usually the first time you do it is never the best unless it's like movies because there are not many sequels better than the original you know who who does it really well is um is ds9 because they revisit it quite a bit you know they go back and, and you see a lot more of it so you know when we get there because TNG, you never see the mirror universe. So we'll. I wish uh, you had done the mirror universe. Like, hmm, I wonder what would happen. She does some really fun things with alternate universes, though. So we'll 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 see. We'll see some fun stuff. But uh, I did really you? Like- oh. I really like the Discovery Mirror Universe, though. I think they did that one well. That might have been the best Discovery series. Well, I like it but... with Lorca and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I liked how they turned. They played, made a play into it, and and Saru's and the uh, Kelpian, how that all kind of played out. Mm-hmm. It's very dark in a really good way. So, I, yeah, I like that the early days of the Terran Empire. So. I dug it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's uh, go back to what, what was, uh, t- do you have a takeaway from your mirror? Um, things are not always as it seems. I'm, All oh, right. This one that fits. works for mirror, 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 mirror. It works for mirror, mirror. Uh, I'll give you that one. Um, let me, okay, here we go. The, 
season two, episode five, the apple primitive inhabitants of gamma tri- uh, triangulate four six worship a god who orders them to kill visitors from the enterprise. This is a good episode. I liked this episode. What'd you think of this one? I didn't. I mean, it was a funny episode, but it wasn't a good episode. In my really? opinion. You know, him going back to visit his friend and everything? Like, there were some good parts about it. Overall, it just wasn't that great. I, I, I kind of dug it. I kind of like how they played into everything. Um, I thought it was a good character piece. Like, uh, like to how it sort of, like, I don't know. I, I, I really like the interactions between like how they played in how they played against each other here plus early pulaski's in it young pulaski uh who you'll see in tng in the second season and then never again uh, so that was fun <laughs> i like sure um, yeah. i like the acting in it a lot but i didn't like it as an episode that much okay i mean that's fair I liked how they kept going up against the god too mm-hmm. i i kind of like those episodes sometimes where they they push up against like the have sort of those like press up against religious movies sort of deal. Um, so yeah, it's some every once in a while I thought this was a good episode, but it's not a top five for me. But I just thought it was kind of a good one. Um, it seemed for- religious. I think it was too close to Who Mourns for Adonis. I think that's why I liked it better, though, because in Who Mourns for Adonis, it was like straight up against God, but there was like nobody else. Like the, like they mm-hmm. had the followers there, I guess yeah that is sort of what i liked and it was sort of the uh, the, the fight for it but um I, I guess i kind of just enjoyed that aspect of it but um is do you have a takeaway from this one um gods aren't perfect okay and uh who is your shining star i have to give it to uh mr mccoy dr mccoy i liked i liked him a lot in this one okay i like you know what i'm actually gonna change mine i'm gonna go with mccoy with that too liked it all right now we're going on to season two episode six top fiver for me um the doomsday machine uh the uss enterprise encounters the wrecked uss constellation and its distraught commodore who's determined to stop the giant plant destroying robot ship that killed his crew i loved this episode yeah um the commodore did amazing in it i loved his acting it was so freaking good so um just kind of explain it for me so like this doomsday machines were like built way back in the day just kind of i you know they never really give like a full description why just sort of like to destroy certain things like dying things right and like you know throughout the planet um and like because uh what's his name uh, uh spock is explaining it it's like way mm-hmm. back in the day it was just these machines to kind of go out and like kind of clean up the universe you know sort of like uh <laughs> universe, universal garbage trucks universal wallies <laughs> sort of yeah 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 and uh so this one's just traveling out and it killed the uss constellations crew and yeah this dude went crazy the, the uss enterprise picks him up and now like he's he takes over and he's like we got to fight it. We got to take it out. And like, it becomes such like an epic battle, man. Uh, I really, I just did. I just enjoyed the whole thing, man. Uh, all the way through. Um, Kirk shining star for me. What about you, man? Yeah. Kirk was shining star. My only problem is mm-hmm. that in a later episode, not in this season, but the next one, Dr. McCoy is really trying to get Kirk off the ship and Kirk is in better condition than the Commodore. 
But Doctor, for this episode, Doctor McCoy could have easily proven that the Commodore was unfit for command. Yeah, he I was mean, hysterical. I made for a good episode, but like, there's on. a few times. Well, yeah, there's a few times where it's kind of it just is. It's a little tough, you know, where the writing just doesn't seem to like play out, and and also you could chalk it up to suspension of disbelief. Like it's harder to get rid of a Commodore than it is the captain. Mm-hmm. You know, but who knows? Uh, yeah, any any special parts of the sh- uh, episode that you really like? I liked the machine. I feel like it was. It, this episode seemed really ahead of its time. I know it was remastered, but like still. Yeah, I would say for this is an episode. I think like if 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 people are fans of Star Trek or they're just getting into it and they're looking for uh, episodes of TOS to watch to sort mm-hmm. of like get into this would be a good one to watch i think you'd really like it um yeah you know and that would be that would be a cool one to kind of put together for our uh, social media and stuff Um, episodes of tos for you to check out if you're like kind of getting into it um yeah machine for me is definitely a top one because i think this is a great episode it definitely Uh, is uh what's your takeaway uh for this um don't let insane people control a arm a ma- ma- weapon of mass destruction that is a starship. How about just don't let insane people control powerful entities? Okay. <laughs> so, so there, there you heard it first, everybody. Our children know better than we do. <laughs> All right, uh, season two, episode seven, Cat's Paw. Very, uh, very alien visitors to our galaxy attempt to connect with human consciousness, but miss winding up tapping into our regions of human nightmares instead so uh kirk mccoy and uh and spock all go down to what looks like almost like a victorian era like was it french or english like manner and uh but it's like spooky and it's got it's a this is a halloween episode yeah like it came out like a few days before halloween in 67 um this that this was totally (laughs) planted for halloween uh there's the black cat like everything about this screams halloween um I was not a huge fan of the episode. Like even the black cat in it that's with the guy is controlling everything. She's the one that she turns into a woman and is like seducing them. Um, they both have powers and they just want them like so they base everything off of because they're they're psychic, so they base everything off of humans' nightmares because that's the only thing they can read is their fears. Um so I, I didn't love this episode. This this one was just like one where it's like, eh, I, I I was kind of bored with it all the way through. What did you think of it? Same, but there was one monumental moment in it. The first of the series of mostly in season three episodes where Kirk falls in love with a woman and then they never, or well, not falls in love, but like has a fling with the woman and either betrays her or never sees them again. That's part one of it. Is this the first one? Is this the first time that happened? I believe so. Because the man trap was McCoy, not Kirk. I guess that's fair. Um, I guess he just, yeah, yeah, because he does do it a lot after that. <laughs> he does it damn near every episode after that. Um, so, uh, what's your? Uh, that's a good. That's a good takeaway. So, I'll get. I'll take that as your takeaway. But who's your shining star in this one? Um, probably Kirk or Spock. Yeah, I'll just throw it up to one of them, Kirk or Spock. Because again, like it was there. This one was so like, eh, like it was just made for Halloween, really. Um. Mm-hmm. Which I guess fun. It's more fun than anything. What 
I'd give I like if I had them rate this, I would, I would put it above a five, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's above mid, but it's just not. And the next one too, I Mud two uh, episode two, uh, season two episode eight. Harry Mud returns with a plot to take over the Enterprise by stranding the crew on a planet populated by androids under his command. I struggled with this episode. I had a tough time getting through this one. Um, so he gets on the planet with uh, these beautiful women. Um, and he, that he says that he's helping transport and they get to this planet and ultimately what it is is this whole trick that of their androids which another i think another reason i didn't really love this episode is like that you have perfectly humanoid androids okay i thought data was the first one you know <laughs> and now that we've had like two episodes and two seasons where it's all like androids exist you know mm-hmm. um so for me it's like re- rewrote a lot of things that i just like you know I don't love, but whatever. Uh, Harry Mudd being back. I didn't mind it. I like Harry Mudd, but I didn't love this episode. I was just kind of like, I liked Discovery's Mudd better. Yeah. He he was a better charlatan on that. A little more vicious. I dug it. Um, And and yeah, this, this Mudd doesn't match up with that Mudd. You're right. There's a little more tame than that. It also seems like a direct copy of the other one. I can't remember if it was in discovery or earlier in season one but it was like it's just a bunch of women that harry mudd has again yeah this time it's not orion's it's androids and there's more of them well i I took that as like he can control he thought he could control the androids more and then once he couldn't it became a problem for him Mm -hmm. so glad he didn't come back again honestly fair i always looked at him i didn't mind him coming back i always looked at him as like the original series cute so it didn't bother me but um what'd you think of this episode i didn't like it that much it was kind of mid okay uh and who was your shining star uh kirk any takeaways no <laughs> your takeaway was i'm glad Bun didn't come back yeah <laughs> all right uh season two episode nine metamorphosis while returning to the Enterprise aboard the shuttlecraft, uh, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, uh, and a seriously ill Federation diplomat find themselves kidnapped by an energized cloud. Um, yeah, this one was interesting. This was a this was a good away mission episode. I liked it because um, I, I liked the uh, uh, Zephyr Cochran being a part. Yeah, of I like Zephyr Cochran. Yeah, you know, there, there was a very there's very cool interaction in it. In my opinion. Um, but other than that, it was just a funny episode. There's like a it's a cloud that can control people and has the creator of warp inside of its grasp. That's true. Fell in love with the creator of warp. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting. Uh, this was there's 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 definitely problematic themes to this episode, but I didn't mind it. It's it's a it's a above mid episode, but maybe like a six. Mm-hmm. I would watch it again just because I think it adds a lot to the lore of what Star Trek was, especially Zephyr Cochran being a part of it, uh, and just kind of giving you the idea. Because remember going back to like Enterprise and the idea of like how excited um, uh, Archer was when they thought they found Zephyr Cochran because like he Zephyr Cochran went missing, nobody knew what ever happened to him. So when in this, and this, they said he died though. Yeah, but because they thought he died. They thought he he just thought he died. He was he went off in a ship and he died, mm-hmm. but he didn't die. 
<laughs> you know, like he, he wound up on this planet. So, so it, I, I thought it was interesting to kind of give a different planet, you know, give a different idea to it and give a different backstory. So mm-hmm. I kind of dug that. Yeah. And, and kind of play it off. So I did I like feel, it. I feel like if it was any other character, it wouldn't have worked unless it was Archer. Like, I feel like the only way this episode worked was with Cochrane or Archer because you need the historical significance for this episode to work. Yeah, well, Archer didn't even exist by this time yet. So, like, because he was a construct afterwards. So, Zephram Cochrane, and this was the creator. You know, this this is how they created Zephram Cochrane, you know? So, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. I love that. Like, this is the episode where we got Zephram Cochrane. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I thought that was very cool. Um, what's your, uh, who's your shining character in this and what's your takeaway? My shining character would have to be uh, Kirk. And this is, I couldn't really think of one, so I'm not going to do it. I couldn't really think of one. All right. So we'll, we'll, I think we'll, it's implied what my takeaway actually is. Cl- don't fall in love with the cloud. No, that's mine. That's my takeaway. Never fall in mine love is, with um, clouds. Aren't always what they seem. People aren't always what they seem. Yeah. Or clouds. You quiet down, you. <laughs> uh, I agree with you on Kirk, though. He's my he's my shining. Uh, okay, so let's go to the next episode, which is episode 10 from season two journey to Babel. the enterprise hosts a number of quarreling diplomats including spock's father but someone on board has murder in mind uh this is a good episode we do get um uh, uh, uh mark leonard back as sarek spock's father which sets him on a journey because he's going to play that in tng as well um jane wyatt as amanda which is uh great to see her and you know it, it's Quite a. This was a really good episode. More insight into Spock, into his family, into the Vulcan traditions. Uh, we get to see Spock, Asarik for the first time. I really love this episode. Spock is my shining star. Uh, I think this is an episode, again, if you're getting into the series and you really want to understand the characters, this is a good one to watch. Yeah, that kind of was all it was good i I don't want to say all it was good for but like really it wasn't a top 10 episode if you exclude the lore Hmm. like if star trek tos was a standalone series i don't think a muck time would be a top five episode of season two or a top 10 in the entire series i don't think journey to babel would be a top 10 in the entire series if not if this was standalone because because the only reason those are as significant as they are is the lore, which, if it was standalone, doesn't have. I would love to see you pick pick your top ten episodes of Star Trek out of everything when all is said and done. Like like everything in TOS when we, all three seasons are done. I, I like that. Um, who's shining character in this? Mine was Spock. Mine was Spock easily. Either Spock or Mark Leonard. Nice and uh, and who, um. A fun fact that I saw when I was looking down, uh, Mark Leonard got more fan mail than Leonard Nimoy for two weeks after this episode. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, and who, uh, what was your takeaway from it? I don't have one. Um, murder isn't good. Man dealt with his father the whole time. You couldn't come up with one family th- takeaway? Oh, family. Um, <laughs> um, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, but... Don't be a deadbeat dad. Oh. Come back <laughs> All right um season two episode 11 fr- wait you weren't saying that to me right no <laughs> we're doing a podcast together <laughs> um no i'm kidding Bill. uh season two episode 11 friday's child the federation clashes with the klingon empire over mining rights to capella 
or a sudden coup uh, between the warrior-minded inhabitants forces Kirk's party to flee with the now dead leader's pregnant wife. I the wife was insufferable the entire time. She was driving me crazy. She was just like, so mean. Wasn't she? Yeah. She was like yelling at them the whole time, and I'm like, ah, it was driving me nuts. Uh, Too much was going on in this episode to me. Yeah, it, it was. It just seemed very convoluted, just kind of all over the place. The I Klingons think. versus them for mining rights. Then there's a coup. The Klingons are behind the coup. You have to escape with the dead leader's wife. Then you have to fight them. Too much. Yeah, and and, and it was all kind of tied together in a nice little bow at the end. And it was just like, ah, come on, man. Like it just didn't it didn't gel together really. It well. would have. I feel like it would have worked much better if they had made this a two part episode. I know they didn't have any in TOS, but if they had made it a two-part episode, it would have given them more time. Like, the first one was fighting for mining rights. Then, like, maybe at the very end of the first episode, the coup happens, the leader dies. Then that's the cliffhanger. Second episode happens. Then you get... They they have to run and escape and the fight. I feel like it would work. I feel like that could have been a really good two-parter. But it was not that good as a one part. Yeah, I could agree with that. I, I yeah, it, it it should have been a two parter. But for me, yeah, it just it fell flat because it wasn't. It was just too rushed and too much stuff was happening. And and that the the actor they not the actor but the choices they made for the character that the woman was playing the, you know the the pregnant wife. I just it was too much. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah, it was it was just way too much on top of it all. So, uh, not a big, not a really a great one for me. But uh, you know, and, and you seem to agree. But uh, do, who's your shining character in this? McCoy for me. McCoy, no, the McCoy was so good in this one. Uh, and uh, any takeaways from this? Mm-mm. All righty. Um, so we're gonna move on to <laughs> how dare you sneeze on my show? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Live long and don't sneeze. That's how it works. That's the mantra on this show. No, you go. That's fine. Um, season two, episode twelve, the deadly years for sneezing. It's this episode. It was the same thing as that other episode. To, I thought. I think. I thought there was another episode that had them age. Uh, no. This is the only one. I thought. I thought it was like towards the last episode. I might. I must have been missed mixed up then. I thought that no, there was no, another one the, in like season one. This is the one where they went down to the planet. They went into the temple. Oh, this is that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They went. Into I thought the there temple. was another aging one before this. No, 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 no. So they go into the temple and they, uh, um, no, 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 I know what you're talking about. And remember, because Chekhov doesn't age. Yeah. Because he walked out and they didn't or something, yeah, yeah. something like that. And so like, uh, cause he chased the guy out or whatever it was. And, uh, so they start to age and he starts to lose his faculty. So uh, real quick, the deadly years landing party from the enterprise is exposed to a strange form of radiation, which great rapidly ages them. Uh, so it's, uh, Spock, Kirk, uh, McCoy, Chekhov is there, but he doesn't age. There's a young lady who, who she's the red shirt of it. She's she ends up dying. Um, <laughs> and like so, uh, McCoy can't use his hands. Basically, like he can't really do anything. Um, uh, Spock starts getting emotional because as you age, you start you know losing the ability to suppress your emotions. And uh, I guess. Uh, that left uh 
Kirk with the, you know, he, he was started dementia and it became such an issue like where he couldn't leave the ship anymore. And it just, it was a good episode. I thought that like, is it, it actually kind of had me thrilled because, you know, because you knew they were going to change it back in some way, but they really, they kind of drew this out for a bit. And like, they really did a good job of letting it linger to the point where it was like affecting them big time. I, I like yeah. the drama of this episode. I feel like, because if you look at how they all ended up aging, like Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner, it looks nothing like how they aged in the real thing. True. Like, if you look at Dr. McCoy, that's not at all what he looked, he looks like now, I don't believe. Well, he's passed away for a long time, though. Oh. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's true. Uh, no, no, I see what you're saying, though. And uh, but I again, it, it isn't how they looked, but at the same time, like I thought they like Spock is my shining star in this, like he did a really good job in this. Uh, although Kirk, too, I really like the his, he played a really dramatic role, like he was not happy about aging and how it yeah. affected. And I thought you got a really good dramatic performance about this, yeah. And it could have been because um, Shatner also didn't want to age because of his true. god like... complex that he has there. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better word. He might not actually have a god complex, but I couldn't think of anything else. I don't know that you're wrong. Um, well, who was your shining star? Uh, probably Spock. Spock was amazing in this game. And yeah. this one. And uh, who was... Uh, what's your takeaway? Don't get old? <laughs> yeah. If you age, you're bad. If you, it's bad to age. Oh, is it? <laughs> you're you're batting a thousand today, aren't you? <laughs> yep, batting a thousand. Um, you're sneezing on my show. You're telling me I, I'm old. Um, so. No, I said it's bad to age, Mike. You don't have that many wrinkles yet. <laughs> yeah, you're killing me today. Don't so worry. Hard. Once it comes, it comes fast. <laughs> Jeez, kid. All right, let's move on before I start crying. All right, season two. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Season two, episode 13, Obsession. Captain Kirk obsessively hunts for the mysterious cloud creature he encountered in his youth. Clouds are back. Uh, all right, I will say this. The cloud thing was bothering me. I, it didn't bother me as much as the Zephram Cochran thing, but it did bother me in this one. Although uh, Kirk puts on... Uh, Shatner puts on a really good performance in this, like a really good obsessive performance in this. Uh, that's about the only good thing I have for this episode. Uh, what did you think of this one? It was it wasn't it wasn't good, but it was funny. It was a funny episode just because I was like, oh, is this the same cloud or is it like <laughs> another one? Is, is this a whole is this a whole race of things? Because if they're these look all powerful, we could get them to join the Federation. I recognize these clouds. Oh, do you? Because we just saw it was Zephyr, remember? It's probably pissed at us still for you know whatever we did. Uh, that's that's where it comes from. No, yeah, it's, although, uh, with, so, although with the way the star dates are, this could have been before that. That's true. They do jump around the star dates. I can never figure them out. They were uh, supposed to be chronological, but like then like things happened with the production team and then they probably just pulled out a random number generator and ended up That's fair. I would like yeah, that would be funny if we actually did watch them all on Star Date. No, I'm not doing that. And I can't figure it all out. Um yeah obsession like i said the performance of shatner i liked it he he played a really good obsessed role in this one um you know because i guess the cloud 
the cloud took out like a crew of his back in the day and you know that's always a problem so he was hunting the cloud again and you know that's what happens uh who's your shining star in this one mine was kirk mine was kirk yeah and uh what's what's your takeaway of this um clouds must be a really good villain because they came back you're coming back oh my god wait until we watch uh oh my god there's like two movies of with kirk that have clouds too oh my god there's like three what is it with clouds and kirk (laughs) maybe shatner is scared of clouds i don't think he likes clouds you're right what was the other thing you're gonna say um it's hunting obsessively hunting a cloud from his youth that probably uh, i can't remember what it did to him but obsessively hunting a cloud from his youth seems like a really shatner thing to do yeah it really does uh (laughs) so i think that's why shatner played so good because he didn't have to act that much maybe he saw a giant green cloud that looked like a hand giving him the finger and he just got really mad and (laughs) now he's just been hunting it ever since um all right season two episode 14 wolf in the fold uh kirk and the enterprise computer uh become detectives after scotty is accused of murdering women on a planet on a pleasure planet this is a good whodunit episode i really scotty is my is my shining star i'm saying that right out yeah uh yeah i this was a good one because scott so yeah scotty gets um accused of murdering a woman and he's framed for it uh and and kirk has to go and he has to investigate the whole time and try and get him out get him off uh it's i you know i'm not gonna give it up because but i do think like this would be a really fun one for people to watch mm-hmm. what do you think what did you think of this one it was a good episode it was funny um it's it was one of james duhan's favorite episodes the guy oh, Scotty. he got a lot more play in this season which i like because um so on his right hand, he doesn't have a middle finger because of a World War II D-Day accident. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, and then when a stunt double showed up, it showed a five-digit hand. And I think that's why he said it was one of his favorite episodes. Very cool. I did not know that. And I mean, I don't, not cool that that happened to him, but the cool information to find out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, if you scroll right. down on IMDb, you'll see a bunch of trivia that are just like facts. Oh, yeah. Every episode. Listen, don't boy-splain imdb trivia to me boy i was there i was there in the old days <laughs> before the imdb trivia <laughs> but you had to read the okay book. boomer oh, God. i'm not a boomer i'm not a boomer sorry <laughs> i'm not a boomer i may be either you're a boomer or you're not old enough to say i was there back in the old days i was there back in the old, the old days snappers. you quiet all right uh season uh two episode 15 the Trouble with Tribbles. Top five episode, easily. Uh, to protect the space station with a vital green shipment, Kirk must deal with the Federation bureaucrats, a Klingon battle cruiser, and a peddler who sells furry, purring, hungry little creatures as pets. Uh, it's one of the most famous episodes of Star Trek ever. Uh, and it's very well um, done. It is the best episode in any show of all time oh really i mean maybe not but it's definitely the best star trek episode i love this episode it is fantastic it's so much fun uh it's such a great contained on the ship episode uh the tribbles for as simple of uh alien race as they are are fun great uh and they're problematic in, in, a, in a terrific way you know not 
not offensive problematic, but problematic for the crew and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I love it. I think it's such a great. Triples aren't problematic. How dare you say that they're, to me? They're, they're they're problematic. They're definitely problem. Um, the <laughs> like they're everywhere. Problematic. Like they're getting in everything. Problematic. Like could really damage stuff. Problematic. Well, that means that the ship just didn't have good enough security measures. Like, listen, calm down. <laughs> like, if you can't stop fur- little furry creatures, what what is the ship useful for? Then, in order to shut That's down the ship, works. Then, if you if if the Romulans just wanted to shut down the ship, they could just transport a triple on. And then, well, that's not true because the Enterprise was probably the first to deal with triples, right? They didn't know what they were before, which actually mm-hmm. isn't true. They wreck on that. But, um, if and since then, we've never had trouble with triples on any ship since, right? So yeah, yeah. they've learned to deal. So, true. anyway, uh, but then on the Enterprise, on the Enterprise, the Romulans could just beam a bunch of triples, a couple triples on the ship. Then the ship's gone. They beam back one of the triples and then they, um, blow up the ship because the ship doesn't have anything to do anymore like who's your shining character in this uh, that one, uh the one triple that kirk is holding in the uh thumbnail on imdb to the on the bottom left my shining character is kirk i think you did a great job in this uh kind of holding down the fort because there's a lot of stuff happening all at once um and also when you get back to it and the ds9 trouble triples episode happens it's a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the next. Oh, do you have a takeaway from this episode? Uh, ship, the ships aren't as good as they um, oh, God. say that they are because an alien race accidentally made the ship, rendered the ship unusable on accident. You're crazy. Kid. How do you let that happen? They didn't even do it on purpose. I thought it was supposed to be your flagship federation. Get your act together. <laughs> You're coming out swinging on Star Trek today. all right season two episode 16 with probably the wildest shirt kirk could have ever worn uh the gamesters of triskillian uh kirk uhura and chekov are trapped on a planet where abducted aliens are enslaved and trained to perform as gladiators for the amusement of bored faceless aliens this is uh this is a good episode it's just weird like uh i i dug it it's just um the like what the hell was kirk's shirt on this he has that weird strap thing and uh he's fighting and this is another one where like he uh he loses the girl i think she gets killed in it um it's part two of kirk gets a girl and then never sees her again <laughs> doesn't she stay or she die or she stays i'm not sure uh, yeah i think she stays or something to uh help like fix things or whatever it is no, she was, um, I believe she was one of them, and she was, like, a colonel, and then Kirk, like, seduced her, and then he never, and then he left, like, bye. Later, Gator, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm, nev- I'm never gonna see you again. Yeah, it, it was, it was one of those odd sort of things, like, where as soon as they got the necklaces off, like, because those necklaces sort of controlled them, um, like, dog collars, basically, is what they were, and then as soon as they were off, like, yeah, they rolled out and got out of there. It, it's, there's... <laughs> I get that they're explorers. There's, and I get that because they're so open-minded that it's like their only defense is like, well, we'll bring phasers just in case. But like, there's way too much times in Star Trek where it's like they're never defensive enough. Where like they beam down, and it's like, okay, we're ready just in case. Like we have our phasers out. Like so, somebody, but it, they beam down, and then they're like, give us your phasers and give us your, you know, like give us all your weapons and give us, you know, your communications device 
You know, or they get knocked over the head before as soon as they get beamed down. Like, <laughs> they get captured way too much, too easily in these things. I have a theory. The reason that Kirk gets, a, like, a girl every episode is because it was in his contract. Shatner wouldn't have done it without give, without um the writers having given him all of this every single episode. I wouldn't. Don't blame Shatner for that. That was very much a trope of TV back in the day. Uh, the heroic male always got the girl. It's just yeah. that's where it was. But like, um, if the better character should have gotten the girl sometimes. Like there should be sometimes where someone else does, other than like the one or two episodes where McCoy got the girl. Yeah, those were always sort of seemed like it seemed like it evened out more in the third season where every instead of like making better episodes, like it seems like the first season was more about let's tell good stories. Then the second season was like, all right, we're going to sort of give Nimoy and Shatner more episodes towards them, what they want. Then the third season was like, all right, we're going to start giving everybody sort of more episodes of what they want and Not less good episodes. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, this episode was like maybe a six or a seven for me. It was kind of mid. Yeah. Uh, who? I feel like if sh- I feel like if Kirk hadn't done the weird shirt thing, it could have gone up like point one points. But like, it was just so weird. Wasn't odd. Like why? Was uh, what? Who was your shining star? Um, probably Kirk. And what was your takeaway? Um, don't trust dog collars. That's fair. I can't. I can't really argue with that. Uh, season two, episode seventeen: A piece of the action. The crew of the Enterprise struggles to cope with a planet of uh, imitative people who have modeled their society on 1920s gangsters. This is where they have to go back to a planet where they find out that another uh, crew may have accidentally broken the Prime Directive and left behind uh, some cultural you know, devices. And in this case, it was a book about gangsters from the 1920s <laughs> or gangster culture. So the entire world turns into like a gangster type of worlds based on that, uh, where mafia rules the world. Well, I guess I guess one of the crew members must have liked the Godfather. Wait, no, Godfather came out after this, didn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but ma- mafia still exists <laughs> And gangster movies and stuff like that. They existed before the weapon. So this was a cheeky episode. It was fun. I liked it. It's a, it, uh, To me, this is like a seven or eight episode. Um, yeah. McCoy was good in it. I, and Spock was probably my shining star in it. Oh, you're tired, huh? No. You're talking so much. I give it to you, though. I love it. You're doing good. You're doing good. Um, uh, McCoy, I'd say Spock and either Spock or McCoy are my shining stars. Who's your? Yeah, the I think to me the most iconic scene in all of um Star Trek is the a piece of the action thing where it's just Spock and Doctor McCoy holding Tommy guns. <laughs> yeah, that sums up Star Trek perfectly. It really is. It's so strange. Um, is there a takeaway on this one for you? Um. Don't become a gangster because you'll you won't last. That's sound advice, actually. Uh, <laughs> all right, season two, episode eighteen, and we're nearing towards the end here. Uh, the immunity syndrome. The Enterprise encounters a gigantic energy draining space organism that threatens the galaxy. Uh, this one was pretty good. Uh, I like this one. What'd you think of it at first? I was like, oh, God, it's another cloud episode. But then I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Stop hating on it so much. I'm, 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 if I can become a better editor, I'm going to edit Star Trek, except every villain is just a cloud. Oh, my God. All the Klingons are just clouds with sashes. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, but seriously, what did you think of this episode? 
I liked it. Definitely. Um, I can't say it was great. It was kind of funny, though, just because the way that the thing looked, it looked kind of weird. But also, at the same time, it did look like a virus. Yeah. And I like the way it was taking on the... Because, yes, I understand. I don't mind the Entity episodes. You're right. I don't always need them being clouds. And they do get significantly better as time goes on. But I wonder, they, they didn't bother me as much. I wonder if they finally realized... Hold up. People don't like the clouds, so we're going to do this. We originally had this as a cloud, but now we're going to make it so that we can kind of say it's a cloud, so we can make it look like it's a cloud, but it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I like that they reused the Doomsday Machine music in this one. They did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same music, and I like the music from that episode. Hmm. And yeah, I actually see um, music from a month time being used a lot more, especially in the fight scenes going forward. Yeah. So it didn't bother me as much. Um, I liked I, I like this episode again. It's nothing really like that stands out to me, but I do like the sickness aspect of it. I like that uh, it's more of a thinking episode than it is an action episode. Um, McCoy, you know, having a bigger role in it, like everybody kind of having a band together and really pull in. You know, I I, I like those. Those those to me stand out more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who's your shining star in this one? Uh, probably McCoy or Spock. Maybe even Scotty. Scotty didn't show up a lot. Like, Scotty and Chekhov and Sulu don't always show up a lot, but they always get their roles perfectly. Here's the, here's, a, here's the funny part. Uh, Sulu and Chekhov, I don't think, share any scenes on the bridge together in this. I believe they do. I've definitely it seen has, them. It has to. No, in the, in the third season, they do. I don't think in the second season, they do. Maybe not. But, like, I think those are the three best maybe maybe i think those are the three best actors i don't want to say the best but like all of the people on star trek are were amazing yes. but like there are sometimes when spock doesn't do great or mccoy or kirk but i can't name one episode where scotty sulu or Chekhov have really missed yeah no i i agree it, it does are great one. Oh well spock's really good too he, he spock is good spock is really amazing but yeah uh any takeaways from this episode um it's better than a cloud <laughs> it is that it is for sure um all right let's uh let's go on to episode two uh season two episode 19 a private little war uh peaceful primitive peoples get caught up in the struggle between superpowers with Kirk unhappily trying to restore the balance of power disrupted by the Klingons. So these, th- this was a peaceful planet with two different types of uh, tribes living on it, but they were living in peace. The Klingons came, started, tried to start uh, one a warring faction by giving weapons to one side. So Kirk uh, shows up, sees what's happening, and he's friends with the other side. He's He made friends years ago with uh, one of the tribesmen from the other other side and so he who wants to hold the peace he, mm-hmm. he now leads that tribe and he doesn't want to fight he wants to hold the peace but kirk mm-hmm. is pushing to you need to fight against them to hold your balance you know or they'll subject subjugate you that's what they're trying to do uh, and it becomes obsessive you see a lot of prejudice from kirk against the klingons here again which we showed up earlier uh this season when and especially in that other warring uh episode uh i like this one there's a lot of character development in it um a lot of klingon action in it uh what did you think of it uh it was good but at the same time i didn't love it it was a forgettable episode to me i kind of forgot about this episode okay like when you said it i remembered it but like i forgot that kirk was friends with them 
I was like, wait, really? Yeah. It's kind of like it's very forgettable. Kind of like the alternative factor. Okay. All right. Well, um, who's shining star in it though? Probably Kirk. I mean, he just yeah. did well. And, Although uh, McCoy any, was really good. McCoy was good in it. Uh, any takeaways from it? Um, don't give weapons to peaceful people, or they'll become America. Oh, stop it! <laughs> what? I love this. It's country. true. I do. I do. But we are a little bit too obsessed with um some things. Fair. Um, season two, episode twenty, "Return to Tomorrow." The Enterprise is guided to a distant, long dead world where su- survivors of an extremely ancient race existing only as disembodied energy desiring the bodies of Kirk, Spock, and astrobiologist Anne Mulhall uh, so that they may live live again. So these disembodied uh, entities, uh, yes, they're looking to, um, they're all-powerful, they can cure all diseases, that's what they claim. They just want to take over the bodies just to feel again for a little while. Um, and once they do, one or two of them decide, hey, we like this. We may not want to go back. And that becomes a problem uh, because it could kill the hosts. It's just the lights of Zetar, which is a season three episode. It's the same thing. It is, but I, I didn't. I kind of like this one a little bit better. Yeah, but I also, this- what I don't get is why is the astrobiologist wearing a red shirt? She's a scientist. She could be working in an engineering field, though. That is true, but she's an astrobiologist. Biologist. I don't know. I mean, you can't use an astrobiologist in an engineering world. You can. So there you but go. like they'd still be a blue shirt. I don't know, but just leave it alone. Okay. <laughs> like I'm there's a saying. lot of there's a lot of things. <laughs> Let's suspension your disbelief. Let's let it go. Uh they needed they needed some color added. Or did she die in the end? <laughs> I think so. There you go. That's why. <laughs> That's all they had left in the costuming. <laughs> They don't want to make a blue one. Christine Chapel is in this episode, so they don't want to make another blue. Um, no, I uh, I thought it was a good episode, but it, it's just very contained. Well, good acting in this episode. Yeah. Uh, actually, I would give this one up to uh, Spock. He's probably my shining character in it because he played the, the evil one. Probably. Yeah. He's really good at being evil. He does. He does play a good job. Uh, and, and being able to switch it on and off, I thought it was a good job too. Yeah. Going back and forth. Also, I believe Anne Mulhall was the highest ranking female in Star Trek at this point, up to this point as a lieutenant commander. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Uh, we'll see her again. Don't worry. Um, we will? So, yeah, don't worry. You'll, not Animal Hall, but you'll see you'll see that actor again. Uh, and who's, what's your takeaway from this episode? Uh, don't let random things in your body. <laughs> That's a great takeaway. R- smart. Very smart. Especially right. not things that say we just want to be in it for a little while, then we'll go. Don't trust it. Tommy, I'm very proud of mm-hmm. you for that one. That's great. Yeah. Smart. Um season two, episode twenty-one, patterns of force. Looking for a missing Federation cult observer cultural observer, Kirk and Spock find themselves on a planet whose cultural whose culture has been completely patterned after Nazi Germany. This is the same exact episode as the twenties gangster one. Um as the uh as a piece of the action. But it's it's basically Nazis, but uh you know, for me it's like this is a better done episode. 
Yeah. I don't even know why you did the other episode. Because Plot you could have just instead made Patterns of Force a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could have. Because it was well done. You could have you could have made it longer. Um, in fact, I think that, in my opinion, Patterns of Force had a better ending. The fact that they were making the dude um, do this. You know, like, it wasn't like a book. Like, they, the guy, they were forcing him to be the their fuhrer you know what i mean mm-hmm. i like that aspect of it uh shining star for me was uh kirk on this spock. spock nice uh and i do get why they they would do something like this because they were both jewish both big advocates for speaking out you know mm-hmm. uh shatner and anymore shatner's jewish yeah oh i didn't know that yeah so they're both big advocates that's why they did um you know, they would do these episodes just to, you know, be able to speak out on, on those issues and such. Um, yeah, so uh, any takeaways from this one? Don't be a Nazi. That was a great takeaway. Love it. All right. Uh, season 2, episode 22. Uh, and by any other name, Galactic Alien Scouts capture the Enterprise for a return voyage and a prelude to invasion. Kirk's one advantage, they're not used to their adopted human form. This was not a very memorable episode for me. I kind of forgot about it almost. Yeah, it was, it just, for me, it was like, I watched it late at night. I remember in, I remember having fun with it. Like it was a fun episode, but I just didn't love it. Um, uh, would you, so what do you think about it overall? Like they, they, so they introduced the Kelvins in this one. Um, I didn't mind it, but it's just sort of forgettable episode, honestly. Yeah, honestly, yeah, very much um and for that's the thing like with the season with season two to me it's like the best season of this show of this of tos but it also like when the episodes weren't good they were very forgettable Mm -hmm. so but spock was my uh was my shining star in this yeah 100 percent. spock was amazing in this in this one yeah um He's really the only reason that this episode didn't suck, in my opinion. Spock? No, he did a good job with it. Uh, And do you have any takeaways from this one? No, other than um, don't get captured by aliens. (laughs) Okay, now they're getting a little out of whack. (laughs) All right, uh, season two, episode 23. We're rounding the end here. We've got a few more episodes after this. Uh, The Omega Glory. Responding to a distress signal, Kirk finds Captain Tracy of the USS Exeter uh, violating the prime directive and interfering with the war between the Yangs and the Combs uh, to find the secret of their longevity. This one was okay. I didn't... It's a mid episode. It was it, forgettable. So they go down this planet. It's it's so it's very odd. So it's very barbaric and certain, but it also like it feels like they were just using sets that were available to them with costuming. It feels like a very thrown together sort of episode. I didn't love it. You know, like it's the way they were kind of setting this up. Um, they've come across the ship. Everyone on the ship is dead. Um, mm-hmm. Third time that's happened. Yeah, and they're all, they're all sick, right? So they they go mm-hmm. down to the planet that the ship is orbiting. Once down there, they run into this captain who's like kind of uh, you know he's kind of running the show of what's going on there, and he's like, you can't leave because now you're infected, and if you leave, you're going to infect everybody on your ship, and they're going to die too. Like, you have to stay down here. That's the only way to survive. So they're kind of trapped. They kind of have to figure it out. And during that time, this captain is kind of running things, basically telling them, like, yeah, this is how we do things now. (laughs) Uh, And it's just not a 
terrible episode, but it's just not a great episode. Uh, it's just one of those like away missions you kind of got to escape. I didn't love it. Kirk yeah. is my shining star of it, but overall, eh. what'd you think of it? Which who's your shining star and what's your uh, takeaway? Uh, Kirk and don't violate the prime directive. Yeah, right. Jesus. <laughs> a lot of people seem to be doing it. Maybe, right? maybe Starfleet should have a better background check. They need to like, or or just start punishing. Just start punishing. It seems like you don't punish. Like, start punishing people. Come on. Like that should be a court martial. Right. They just don't do anything. It's like your oh. biggest rule. It's the number one. It's the first one. It's like, hey, come on, don't do that, guys. <laughs> Every time. And yet, Kirk, and yet, Kirk wanted. Well, not Kirk, but like other Kirk wanted to murder people because they were trying to get their actual captain back. Yeah. Right. Oh, ridiculous. Foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Season two, episode 24, The Ultimate Computer. Kirk and a subskeleton crew are ordered to test out an advanced artificially intelligent control system, the N5 Multitronic system, which could potentially render them all redundant. So this is one of my favorites. I love this episode. So he takes on basically a skeleton crew, like they say. It's like 20 people. <clears throat> they The bare minimum to run the ship. If, if need be, if anything happens with the artificial intelligence and through that, uh, they have to go through like these, essentially these war games. Now the artificial intelligence snaps and starts trying to murder these other ships <laughs> and the crew cannot stop it. So they have to work together on this, this bare minimum crew has to work together to try and stop the artificial intelligence from, you know, getting them murdered because they can't call out to the other ships to stop, to tell them like, listen, we're not controlling this. Um, so it becomes like sort of a race against time. Um, think your way out of it sort of thing, which I really enjoy. Um, but what did you think about this episode? It was, it was a good episode. Yeah. I think this uh, is maybe possibly i'm not sure though if it is it's five or four okay well so uh, but, um, probably, probably kirk being my shining character honestly kirk's mine too uh what's your what's a takeaway you had from that? listen to i robot listen to, yeah that's a good one don't um, don't don't let ai do things because you know it's ai you need to maybe read iRobot or, you know, at least watch it before you say, listen to iRobot and then say that sentence. <laughs> I don't think you understood that one. You didn't send the assignment on that one. <laughs> uh, the Enterprise crew investigate. Oh, season two, episode 25, uh, Bread and Circuses. The Enterprise crew investigates the disappearance of a ship's crew on a planet that is a modern version of the Roman Empire. I, uh, this episode. <laughs> Don't you think of this like every five seconds? They really loved the Roman Empire back then. You know, in, in 2020. The Roman Empire now. Yeah, but like back in Star Trek days, I swear to God, if you ask Gene Roddenberry, what are you thinking about? It was the Roman Empire quite a bit um it had to have been this was uh this was a good episode but it wasn't a great episode i didn't love it yeah it was, same. It was just it, it just it was more of a pontificating episode if anything you know uh and it that's what these always seem to be which was a don't <clears throat> you know it was, it was sort of a it was a civil rights episode in most cases, or it was a religious episode. In most cases, this one seemed more in line with a Christianity episode, which fine, whatever. 
that's neither here nor there. That's great. But it just, it takes away from what Star Trek, I think, ultimately was trying to be. Uh, you know, so I don't know if these are, like, it, it. to me, it took away from what Star Trek, the message of Star Trek was trying to be in its most poignant episodes when they did things like this. Person. Um, yeah. Now you're yawning. I'm going to come out in space. I'm going to come kick your uh, little butt over there by that little moon you're you're hanging out by. That's right no out. moon. That's no moon. Where? Where? Wrong, wrong franchise. There? Right there? It's right my there. microphone, Mike. No, that one. Over there. Over there. Where? Where is over there? Give me a corner. <clears throat> the top left. So right there. Exactly. You try and figure it out. All right. Um, oh, there for you. Let's go to the. Oh, this? oh yeah. Who's your final? Who's your uh, um, shining Kirk. star? Kirk. And what did you take away from that episode? People thought about the Roman Empire even in the 60s. <laughs> Fair. All right. So now we come to the uh, season finale of season two, uh, episode 26, Assignment Earth, which was a spinoff show. Uh, what they were attempting a spinoff show. Assignment Earth was a show that was spun off from Star Trek from this episode. While back in time observing Earth in 1968, the Enterprise crew encounters the mysterious Gary Seven, who has his own agenda on the planet. Gary Seven is uh, is a sort of time traveler who is a higher life form that can go all around different times. And he tries to, I guess, stop, change the course of different events in time to keep them on track rather than uh, allow things to be in chaos. This was very much a setup for Assignment Earth, not really a Star Trek episode. So I honestly, I got, I don't really have much to say about it. Like as a Star Trek episode, it was like, I didn't care. And it was, you're just setting up another show. Is Mr. Seven the guy from... What's it called? Enterprise? I, I don't know. What time mean. traveler guy who in like season three and four? I don't think so. No, 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 no. That's not. No, no, no. It's completely different. That's a completely different thing. That's a. It that has nothing to do with that. This is a. He's like a higher form being. Like this was a completely different show. This was just a spinoff of Star Trek. I don't think it's ever come back into play into Star okay. Trek again. <clears throat> back in the seventies, sixties, seventies early days of tv spinoffs were like a big thing um and they still do them it's not like they don't exist anymore it's just that when you have a really popular show and then like maybe a character's doing really well on that show and it's like a side character a lot of times network executives will be like well why don't we take that character and try and spin off another show you know so that way like that's why you have ncis freaking everywhere you know like hawaii sydney new orleans freaking everywhere (laughs) You know, it's just, they're all over the damn place. You know, so that's all they were trying to do with this. That's why it's called that. They were just setting it up. So it was a fun, what was that? Is that the Marvel movies in a nutshell? Like Spider-Man, Thor, Hulk? They're planned though. They're sort of spinoffs, sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're spinoffs. They're offshoots, but that's what comic books did. So it's a little bit different of a formula, but under mm-hmm. the same principle. A lot of this is shoehorns. Like, this was a shoehorn, like, okay, we have an idea. Let's just use Star Trek to kind of, like, throw it out there. Um, And it just... But it takes away from Star Trek. Now we didn't have a season finale for Star Trek, though. You know? Yeah. So, And that, that, to me, is like, 
why like i want a season finale for star trek i don't want a spinoff for another show so it made it less special for me so i just i want you know it was a fine little episode but as a as a season finale in the last episode to talk about in this episode, I just didn't like it. It, it, it wasn't yeah. a great episode for me. Um, what'd you think of it? It was kind of mid. Um, I didn't know this was a spinoff, so it kind of lowered my rating on this a little bit, just a little bit though. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, if there was no spinoff, I think this would have been a good season finale, not a great one, but like a fine one. I actually would have been, I think a little bit happier if uh, bread and circuses was the spinoff. I didn't love the episode, but, it still at least would have been the crew. You know, it would have been a Star Trek episode. Um, it would have you been wanted Bread and Circuses to be a spinoff? No, not a spinoff. The finale. Oh, I'm sorry. I just had to clear that up. No, you're good. You're good. No, like, but like a finale. So that way it was like yeah. paying to the crew. Um, yeah. All right. What's your top, as we finish out, what's your top five episodes of the season? Um, Number five would probably be a muck time. I know it's low, but like... Okay. I don't love the episode. So what's your five? My five would be Jabba, probably Journey to Babel. Ooh, really? Babel. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, number four. That would That's not going to be easy because I have a few that might be there. Let me get my list. Maybe Mirror Mirror. No, 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 no. Doomsday Machine. Wow, okay. Uh, muck time for me. Um, Journey to Babel would be okay. number three for me. Oh, what's your number? A number Journey to Babel is number three for you? Yeah. Mirror Mirror is number three for me. Mirror Mirror is number two for me. Okay. And Doomsday Machine is number two for me. And then I think we both know what number one is. Trouble yeah. with Tribbles. Trouble with Tribbles. Very cool. All right. I like it. Dig it. All right, guys. So, uh, all right, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Warp Factor Fiction. Truly appreciate you. You guys are really awesome. Uh, come back next month when we do another episode thank you guys again um this is a patreon show so we'll be up on patreon first for the first month then you can go check it out on all podcast platforms or you can watch it over on our youtube channel remember to like subscribe and make sure to hit that bell so you can you know check out more episodes of this and other great shows as well you guys are all awesome make sure to check out our merch store we have great star trek merch and other movie and tv show merch as well uh snobsmerch.com use uh promo code snobs for 10 percent off of your order um guys go check out any one of our awesome affiliates you know we got collectibles other great stuff down there as well i want to thank my uh my cohort on this tommy thank you so much for joining me on this uh appreciate you and thank you all for joining in remember to be kind stay classy and take care of yourselves it's important and we will talk to you next time bye